very fortunate to have my wife. I really am. And I'm training her. I already got her trained. She brings me coffee and four rolls for at least another weekend. I know. That's the truth. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, if you would, please. She learned how to cook yet? No. She can't read that book? No. She can make coffee, that's it. Don't chapter 9, verse 1. For all this I considered in my heart, even declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works all are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There's one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrifices and him that sacrifices not. As is the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth as he feareth an oath. This is evil among all things that are done under the sun. There's one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. For him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let their garments be always white, and let thy head like no ornament. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he has given thee unto the Son, all the days of thy vanity, for it is thy portion in this life, in thy labor which thou hast taken unto the Son. Whatsoever thy hand findest to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. I returned and saw unto the Son, that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Verse 10 is my text this morning. Whatsoever thy, thy hand findest to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. I uh, had the privilege to lead my neighbor to the Lord across the canal from where over our late place, and he was dying of cancer. And I guess the great one of the greatest experiences I ever had was with, being with him and his wife as he died. And uh, I remember how just he wasn't emotional, he wasn't upset, and me and him just talked about. What's fixing to happen uh, as he was taking his last breath? And uh, the doctors came in and said, now we can give you some medication to help you go through it, but it'll put you in a, a coma-like state. 
And the doctor left and said, now you're going to die within the next few hours. And I'm talking about four to eight hours. And uh, in talking with him, he said, well, I want to live as long as I can. And I said, well, do you want to be like a vegetable or you want to not have your right mind? He said, no, I don't want that. He said, I just want to go on to heaven. And he was talking about the things he had done in his lifetime. And just uh, that now he's going to heaven to be in heaven. And I got to reading these verses uh, of Scripture and thinking about that simple conversation that I had with a dying man that knew that he was going to die in just a few, just a little while. And he did. But, uh, and I was there with him, and I got to thinking of this verse. Whatsoever thy hand findest to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. I read this verse many years ago as I God called me to preach. And I've always tried my best to whatever I'm going to do, I want to finish it. I can't stand to start something and quit. I don't care what it is, or not finish it. I want to get it done. And uh, I was thinking about uh, the, just the Sunday school lesson this morning. And, and if you'll think about this for just a minute, I wrote some things down. I remember the day I turned 40 years old. And when I turned 40 years old, I thought it was all behind me now. And I started wearing glasses and back braces and, and on and on. I also found that uh, talking to women uh, over the years, ladies over the years, I found that their age is 30. When they reach 30, they think it's all behind them. Now, to a man at least I've talked to is 40. You begin to reevaluate your life when you turn to 40. I never will forget when I turn to 40. And I started thinking of what you have laid up for the future at that time. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says is a verse that everyone under 40 ought to know the meaning before you turn 40. And therefore, over 40 ought to learn to put it in practice. Now, here's Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, is talking to a great crowd of people. He's an old man now. He's about to die. He's gathered all his relatives together, all his children, his grandchildren. He says to them, I want to tell you what I have learned in life. I want to profit by my mistakes. There are four things Solomon says in this one verse. Number one, find what your hand should do. Number two, do it as if you had a chance to to be young again. Number three, do it more as you get older. Number four, do it as you were uh, coming uh, to life again. Or you could do it all over again. I want to take each one of those for just a minute. Find what your hand should do. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever thy hand findeth to do. Now this verse does not say whatever happens to come across your hand. It's what your hand finds to do. Your hand is hunting for what it ought to be doing. There's something your hand ought to do. 
So the whole thing that this great man of wisdom says to all of us is, find what that is for you to do. Now, I've said this before ever since I've been uh, preaching. I believe that everyone has a purpose, a specific purpose in life. There's a reason for you to be here. There's a reason for me to be here. And there's a reason that you were born. There's a reason you are here now at this church. Here's the question. Do you know why God made you? I had a little boy, a young man, I guess he's about uh, 15, 16 years old, sitting in my office one day and he was saying, uh, he was a hippie back when there was regular hippies. We called them hippies. And um, they didn't know what they wanted. And he said, My, I, what is life all about? I just don't know what life's all about. Preacher, can you tell me why I was born and why I'm here? And he would do his motions and carry on. you know. And I said, buddy, I can tell you why you was born. Ecclesiastes tells us in chapter 11. Let me show you. And this is the very reason that I read to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Yes, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, number one, and keep His commandments, number two. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, the whole thing, do you know why you was born? Do you know what the purpose of life is for you? Solomon said, find that. Find what your hand is meant to do. The unhappiest person I've ever met is a person who wonders why he was made or why he was born. Miserable, wretched, is a person who wonders what his purpose in life is all about. Now Solomon said to all his loved ones, Listen to these old gray hairs and these experiences of life. You'll never be happy and content until you find your niche in life, your place. Now here's a great truth taught here. If you're a janitor in the church or you're a Sunday school teacher or if you're a voice in the choir or if you're a great preacher, It doesn't matter whatever your niche in life is. Did you know that you're just as great as the greatest, what we call the greatest people in the church or serving the Lord? Do you know what we have a tendency to do sometimes? And I I have, have, there's a particular person that reminds me all the time, now pastor, you're different than the rest of the people. You are a pastor of the church. Now you've got to be different than the rest of the church. No, I'm a sinner saved by God's grace just like everybody else. And that's what people don't understand. I dress different. What I do, I respect the office that God has called me to do, but I'm still a human being. And so is everybody else. And what what I want you to see is, if God has called you to clean the church, sing in the choir... Or do something outside the church. Go to a rest home, be a blessing to people, play an instrument, whatever God calls you to do. You'll be miserable getting out of your place trying to do something God didn't call you to do. 
And that's the most miserable people in the world is trying to do something. I want to be like the preacher. I want to be like uh, the song director. I want to be like the piano player. Well, is that what God called you to do? Is that your niche in life? I, I was accused of being my former pastor's associate pastor. We started church together. Is his little go-getter or runner about her or whatever. And they called me that all the time because whatever we wanted to do for the church, I got it done. I'd go do it. He'd go play golf, whatever he wanted to do it. And I got it done. But we meet and talk about these things. And I did it. Somebody, you know what? I come to clear, I don't care what you call me. I ain't doing it for him. I ain't doing it for nobody else. I'm doing it for the Lord. The Lord put me in this position. And what I'm trying to say is, if God puts you in a position, if there's one thing I have learned in serving the Lord, it's not the crowd. It's not a bunch of people. If you want to be happy, do what God has told you to do the best you can. Find what God has called you to do and do it with all your might and then you'll be a happy person. Now, number two, do it more as you get older. Now, what we're living in is a state, and especially, I, I, this hit me this week, over around our late place, a lot of retired people. Did I ever tell you about the time me and my wife went to uh, Alaska, and we just went to a restaurant, and the lady come over to our table and said, where are you all from? you got the most beautiful tan. You must be from Florida. I said, I'm from Tampa, Florida. She said, is it true that all the people down there in Florida is retarded? And I said, I beg your pardon? <laughs> Don't you mean retired? Oh, yeah, yeah, retired. But the truth of the matter, when, when you go off like we've been this week and you go to the rest of the place, you realize we got a lot of people in Florida this retired, older class of people. You can't believe how many is coming into Florida and retired. And they come to, now up in the, uh, when we was up in Alaska, we went to a church and the snow was nearly two foot deep and they had 1,500 in Sunday school church that day. Can you imagine that? In the snow and ice. They had 1,500. That same people come to Florida and they put on their T-shirts and their shorts and walk around on Sunday and go to the beach and play golf. They're retired. You talk to them about being, why don't you go to church? I'm retired. You don't retire from serving the Lord. You really don't. And I don't care if you're a preacher or whatever. You don't retire from serving the Lord. I can't find any place in the Bible where it says he retired. It says he died. That's right. it. That's right. Now, I want to show you something if I can. If i got something that God's called me to do, and I don't care what it is, I want to do it more as I get older, not less. I want to be more energy. I believe. I do believe this. I believe because one of the reasons that God let me live as long as I have is because I just want to keep going. I want to find something else to do. I want to do something else today. I like to get up every day. I want to find something for this day. This day. Not yesterday. And not planning something for six months from now. I want to do something today. Amen? And get it done today. Today, preachers are retiring. Sunday school and teachers are 
are stepping down and retiring out of their positions. Did you know we could have one of the greatest choirs? We've got a good man now leading us and everything. If people would come back to church and get in their place and serve the Lord like they used to. I mean, we could. But people just retiring now. I like one of the greatest men that I ever knew was Dr. Charles Weigel. He was a, a, a songwriter. And uh, he went to Tennessee Temple Schools and there at the Tennessee Temple Church. And um, he lived to be 100 years old. And he I forgot the name of the song he wrote just before he turned, in, in his 90s, he wrote one of the greatest old hymns that you could ever think about. And I never ever get Dr. Curtis Hudson telling me one time, he walked in the auditorium where Dr. Uh, uh, Weigel was playing on the piano by himself. And he said, good morning, Dr. Weigel. What you doing? He said, I'm writing another song. And he said, my goodness, if I'd have wrote the song you wrote, I'd have quit. <laughs> you know? And he is almost 100 years old, still writing songs and still serving the Lord. His best that was one of my heroes. That's the kind of person I want to be. And what uh, Solomon is saying to his children and those that's coming up behind him, as you get older, do it more. Amen? Don't quit. And then number three, do it as, as if you had a chance to be young again. Look at verse 10 again with me. Whatsoever thy hand findest to do it, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. Did you ever hear someone say, Oh, if I was young again? Well, you're not going to be. You're as young right now as you'll ever be. Right now. And when you think about that, uh, get, give God all you got with all your might right now. Now. What would you do if you were young again? Think about it. If you had the energy of one of the uh, little boys and girls that run around the church, sometimes I look at them and I say, man, if you could bottle that up and sell it, you'd get rich. Amen? But Solomon said, you ain't going to be able to do that again. You're as young right now as you're ever going to get. Well, what would you do if you were that young again? Do it again. Amen? And then number four, do it as one who died and then come to life again. Now, <clears throat> look at verse 10 again. Listen to the last, uh, verse uh, 10. Whatsoever thy hand findest to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. One of the things that bothered me right after I got saved, and still bothers me, I got saved when I was 26 years old. I went to church in a, in a seminary God church at nine years old. I went forward, preacher preached on hell, scared me to death. I went down to the altar, and they all gathered around me, and they prayed for me. Have you got it yet? Have you got it yet? Have you got it yet? And finally, about 12 o'clock, I said, I got it. I want to go home. Well, I didn't have it. But I've thought about this for a lot of time. I wonder what I could have done for the Lord that I didn't get done if I'd have got saved, truly born again when I was nine years old instead of 26. All those years, the Bible says, is wasted years. 
because I just heard the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, when you face God, all those wasted years don't mean a thing. They're gone. And what I'm saying is, if I could be young again, I'd do it a different way. If I could do it, if I could live life all over again, I wonder what I could do more than I'm doing now. I always wanted to be a Jimmy Swagger, you know, play the piano and sing, and then turn around and preach. You can't sing. I can't sing. I can't play the piano either. But I was taking Mrs. Lee gave me piano lessons, and I never will forget it. She's going to teach me how to play the piano. I said, Mrs. Lee, I really want to learn. She said, No, you don't. She said, I said, What do you mean? She said, If you really wanted to learn, you could do it. The trouble with you, you don't want to practice. Amen. That's where it's at. And it takes time. It takes time. I want to play the guitar so bad. I got some of the best guitars in the world down to how I want. But I've learned it takes time. It takes effort uh, to practice and to do it. And I find something. I ain't going to get no younger. Amen. And now I got authorized for my hands. I can't chord. I can't do the things I used to do. And I, what I'm saying is, if I could just live life again, I wonder what I could do to the Lord that I didn't do. It's not too late. I'm still alive. And I find that I'm having the time of my life just enjoying what God gives to me. In Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1-4, through 4, Paul went up to the third heaven. And he saw things so glorious he could not speak of them. And I think about this sometimes. If any child of God could die and go to heaven and come back, I believe we would preach harder. We'd have more conviction about sin. Uh, We would name it more and more. I believe if we were a teacher, we would wear the right clothes and the right things to have influence over the children that's before us. I saw some years back a youth director in a church near here and they had him on the front page of the picture of the newspaper. The, new, the church got a new youth director, modern day youth director. And he was drawing, he was sitting in the choir with his feet up on the bench in front of him as they took his picture with his tennis shoes and his dungarees and his t-shirt on. Somebody said, oh, he's modern, he's reaching all the kids. Let me tell you something. You do not have to drop your convictions to have authority over people in the Lord. You keep your conviction. You know what people are looking for? They're looking for somebody that has a conviction about serving the Lord. The reason I know that is because uh, I've been to dinner with people and uh, in cafeteria style and everybody go get it. Might well wait. The preacher going to ask the blessing no matter what. So they all wait for me to get to the table. And they always ask for blessing. You know what they're doing? They expect any Christian to do the same thing. And why would you drop your conviction? I guarantee you this. If you could go to heaven, if you could see what Paul saw, I believe Paul was the greatest preacher besides the Lord Jesus Christ recorded in the Bible. And the reason he was there because he went to heaven and got to see it and saw the glory of it. And God sent him back and said, I'm not through with you. 
And he came back and he preached with a conviction. Now, what is needed today is more than ever is for us to uh, who are saved to find what God has for us and to do it with all our heart, with all our strength, and with all our might. Age has nothing to do with it. It has to do what has God called you to do. I believe this. No one can do for God like you can do for God if you know what God has called you to do. Because that's your niche. That's what God's called you to do. And I've had encouragers in my life. Mrs. Oliphant, it comes to my mind when I was at Temple Heights. After I got saved, she came to me and said, when you came to church, I was praying that you get saved. She said, and after you got saved, I surrendered to preaching. She said, I was praying that God would call you to preach. And and there was another, your mother was the other one. Uh, uh, can't even think of her name. Fussell. Fussell. Mrs. Fussell said she was praying that God called me to preach. Do you know, they never told me. They never come around and hug my neck and told me. But do you know what those two ladies did? That was so amazing to me. They were faithful in praying that God would have His will in somebody's life. And let me tell you something. I believe in rewards in heaven. And I believe with all my soul, every soul, every sermon, everybody that I have influenced in my service with the Lord, they got part of it. They receive rewards in heaven because God used them to pray for me that I would serve the Lord. So what I'm saying is nobody's got an excuse for not using what God has called you to do. If it's praying, pray. If it's singing, sing. If it's playing an instrument, play it. Whatever God has called you to do. No one else can do that. That's your niche. Amen? Glad I'm saved today, aren't you? Amen. Father, I pray in Jesus' name you'll take what your word is so plain about for us to do. Just keep on doing it. Keep on keeping on for the Lord. We know soon we'll see you face to face. And we don't want to have no regrets. We don't want to have no failures that failures. We don't want to say we've done the best we can. Bless us, we pray. In the coming hour now, save some soul for Christ's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Let me ask you a question. You said all went to heaven and came back.